0: I know you're loving the daily draft games on Sleeper, but don't forget about the over-unders. And be sure to correlate your picks based on likely game flow. Promo code UNDERWORLD doubles your deposit up to 100 bucks. Very happy. Very happy with how the waiver wire is looking. A little trepidatious. Now I look and I see, oh, we oh, got a nice little option there. Oh, look at that. A nice little over there. And then over there. And then how about that guy? And I'm so very pleased, very pleased that we've basically run incredibly pure with this show. This is as pure as this show has ever run in the history of waiver wired. That now everybody's figured out, oh, Pacheco could be a thing. Oh, they're going to completely, 100% phase out Clyde Edwards-Solaire. He's not getting any more carries. He's going to get cut. (laughs) Right? Clyde Edwards-Solaire is going to make a a fantastic CFL running back. That was the take this summer. That was the take while he was scoring three touchdowns a game on silly shovel plays and defenders falling down in front of him. The Truman Show of running backs has finally come to an end. The sell-high player of my lifetime in fantasy, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Clyde Edwards Hilarious has come to an end. And now we can celebrate the incoming two-touchdown game for Isaiah Pacheco. It's all happening. If he's still on your waiver wire, shame on you, or you're new to the show. Either it's either shame on you or this is your first show, in, in which case, uh, welcome. 100%. 100% of whatever you have left, if you have the, the number 1 waiver claim, put it on Pacheco. 100% of your FAB budget on Pacheco. But I think, uh, yeah, yeah, if I had to pick, if I had to pick, if, if if the question becomes not if, but whom, not if, whom, I would go Rashad White. Now, I know you're in a league— you're in a league, everyone's in a league where these guys have been rostered all year. I'm not in a single league where Rashad White's ever been available. I can just tell you that right now. I, I In all my leagues, I'm in dozens of leagues. Not once, not one time has Rashad White ever been open and available on the waiver wire, hand-raised, hey, you want to pick me up, I'm here. That's never happened with Rashad White. I know, based on the statistics of all these league platforms, right, that if you go to Yahoo, for example, there's a whole bunch of uh, leagues with Rashad White available. I don't know who's in these leagues. I don't know who's running these leagues. I don't know where they come from. But technically, technically, he's still available in half of the leagues. So we should mention that, yeah, you should pick up this guy who is assuming the primary back role in Tampa. Leonard Fournette is now not 100%. But this was already happening incrementally every week, 8%, 12%, 16%, 20%. The opportunity share going up, the snaps going up, and then he was getting a higher snap share before Fournette's injury last week, so it's now officially happening all the way. Leonard Fournette uh, melting down on the sideline was uh, interesting to see. Uh, I have some Fournette. So, I don't love that Fournette's role is being diminished, and it will be diminished for the rest of the season because of Rashad White. But Fournette's been very good to me in fantasy the last couple years, so I can't complain. I also have a lot of Rashad White, so I'm loving life. I also love it when teams realize, oh, this younger player with a similar skill set has more juice. I like that, because I am a juice snob, explosiveness burst snob. So, yes... I think Rashad White should get, say, 55% of the opportunities. But I think it's going to be a pretty down-the-middle distribution. Get ready for more Fournette in the passing game than white people want to see. And get ready for more white between the tackles and in the running game than Fournette wants to see. You're going to see some white red zone touches. And these Fournette people, the Fournette enthusiasts, are not going to be happy about that. But it's all going to shake out. If you think about there's 30 fantasy points to go around... 15 go to Fournette, 15 go to White. That offense fuels a lot of running back fantasy production. Some of the most in the NFL. So I prefer White because Pacheco has not proven to be a pass catcher at all. So Pacheco is going to be very volatile. Positive game script, breakaway runs. He's going to give you what you want. Spike week. Other weeks, it's going to be 45 yards, one target, and blah, right. So that's the issue. That's why I prefer White. All else equal, but it's it's so close. I, I love them both. I'm so happy that we've been pushing both. You know, it's just, we're playing the hits, man. We're just playing the hits. Now, Jalen Warren, he's on that Rashad White path where he's been more efficient than Najee Harris, but Najee Harris is not dead yet. The nice thing about Warren is he's settled into that satellite back role where it seems like Pittsburgh coaches have said, Najee Harris, we're loyal to you. You're a first round pick, but in the passing game, Warren is just more dynamic. And so we'll give you your your allotment of carries, but forget the targets from now on. Right. And so that's that's what's cool about Jalen Warren he's, he's a satellite back plus. He has the size, he's getting five plus carries a game, plus he's getting these targets in the passing game, goes three for three. So he's the guy, right? He's the guy you would probably want to target if you're in a league where White and Pacheco are rostered, which is most leagues. Then, then the question becomes, who's next? Now we're into deeper leagues, Keontae Ingram. Keontae Ingram is now the number two back behind James Conner. I don't think that they intended to give James Conner like 90% of the touches, I don't think that was the intention. I don't think that's ever the intention with James Conner. You're gonna, you're gonna you know, pop a gasket on James Conner, you do that. That's the problem with James Conner is that he can't hold up in the face of huge volume. So it's gonna be Keontae Ingram because Eno Benjamin was shockingly cut. I mean, this impetulant Cardinals regime is just <laughs> rudderless. What are they doing? Eno Benjamin is a quality running back. Wherever he lands, do not drop him. Right? Do not drop him. He has an all-purpose skill set, so don't drop him no matter where he lands. Now, Keontae Ingram, he's like 10 pounds heavier than Benjamin, and the coaches are saying, clearly, we prefer him to Benjamin. So in many ways, Keontae is a lot more attractive than Benjamin ever was, partly because Benjamin's no longer there! It's all good. It's all good. Kyron Williams is no Keontae Ingram. Kyron Williams is smaller, much less athletic, but... He is like Jalen Warren in that he's getting uh, you know, run in the passing game. He is running routes, running more routes than Cam Akers, more snaps than Cam Akers. Cam Akers is dust. And now they're going to say, oh, well, just like James Conner. Hey, Darrell Henderson, can you hold up in a workhorse role? No, of course he's not. He's never been able to do that. He's not that durable. So this means that Kyron Williams' role is only going to grow from here. But is his upside equivalent to Ingram, no. I think it's about I think about half. Like if I was gonna bid a hundred bucks of a remainder remaining, let's say I have uh well I mean but let's say I had five hundred dollars left, I might put you know fifty on Ingram and twenty five on Kyron Williams. And what I know is gonna happen is more people know the the name Kyron Williams because of the pre draft process and because he had he had he got a little bit more buzz in training camp. So the bids will skew over to Kyron. I won't get Kyron and I'll end up getting Keontae. That's what's going to happen in deeper leagues. I mean, I would go, you know, up to a hundred bucks of a remaining $500, like a 20% of my fab budget. I would put on Ingram. That's how much I like him. I like him a lot. I'm also not dropping Chuba Hubbard. I just want to let everybody know not dropping him. I understand that Dante Foreman looks like a total workhorse and that's great for him. But Hubbard is young, he's versatile, and I think he and Blackshear, Raheem Blackshear, are going to be the future of this backfield at the end of the year. I think they're going to decommission Dante Foreman. I have no evidence to back that up. That's just a feeling I have, but I think, I feel like, I have a suspicion that this franchise is going nowhere. They're in tank mode, even though they don't realize it yet. And then, of course, that eventually going to be like we need to figure out which of these young running backs that we actually want to going to go into the off season with any confidence in. We got to we draft picks. We gotta, should we use a draft pick on a running back in round two, three, four, five? Depends on what we see from Hubbard. Depends on what we see from Blackshear. Still stashing Madison, P. Ryan, Zamir White, all great stashes at the wide receiver position. We feel great, right? We feel great. I told you to get Donovan Peoples Jones 17 different times. He's the number one pickup on the waiver wire at wide receiver for obvious reasons that he is outproducing all the other receivers, he's more efficient than all the other receivers, and they're getting Deshaun Watson, and that is it. That's a wrap. He also happens to have a 100 percentile burst score, which I know I've mentioned on a loop, but it's worth repeating just because I'm an aficionado. Of burst and explosiveness which is also why i love paris campbell and christian watson remember christian watson (laughs) like eventually they're gonna have to pull that ripcord remember this whole conversation about christian watson Ow! it happened yes it was just here's the problem though here's the problem this is the bummer about great process is the results don't always, always play out exactly the way you want them to so no one was starting christian watson nobody nobody i said stash him i didn't say start him like slow down start him whoa i don't know what's gonna happen right sammy watkins is back in there slow offense dallas's defense has been good i don't know low total vegas seems to think that not a lot of points are going to be scored I didn't know Christian Watson was going to score three touchdowns. But had he shown us glimpses, if he if he showed at least some usage, like Donovan Peoples-Jones, like, hey, we're, this guy's getting 90% of the snaps. He's running all the routes. Then the following week, we could have actually played him, knowing these advanced usage statistics, having those in front of us. But to have this come completely out of the blue sky was great. Again, feels good to to light off the the celebratory siren, but no one fucking played him. And he's not going to do anything like that ever again, ever. I mean, maybe, of course, he could be one of the elite receivers in the league and do that once or twice a year, but he's not going to do it again this year, at the very least. We know that for a fact, right? Chase Claypool had that one four-touchdown game, and then that was a wrap, right? I don't know how well Christian Watson will endure as a big-time playmaker in this league, he certainly has the athleticism. You can translate that into efficiency. We're onto something here, people. We're on something. But I would like to see it. I would like to see them switch. I would like to see more evidence, one more game of evidence, that, okay, they're going to make the transition from Lazard as the alpha to Watson. That seems far-fetched to me. I love Watson, and I called Watson as like the best stash. And yet, I'm not that excited to play him. I'm more excited to pick up and play Paris Campbell. Because the situation has changed dramatically in Indianapolis. We knew it would, okay? Sam Ellington isn't going to play and start 12 games. It's not going to happen. Of course not. Anyone that thinks that was going to happen is crazy. It's, it's just in, insane. Out of your mind. So they were, of course, going to turn back to Matt Ryan. And conveniently, when there's a coaching change, it's much easier to do that. So now that Matt Ryan is under center, Paris Campbell and his four three wheels become very interesting. And he's out producing Michael Pittman. That is not going to happen every game. It's going to be the Michael Pittman show again, as it was with Matt Ryan before Matt Ryan was benched. But the important thing is, We saw nothing from Alec Pierce, disappearing act from Alec Pierce. Anyone that has Alec Pierce in Dynasty, that week 10 performance was a warning shot. It's all about Campbell in that number two role. They don't have a tight end of consequence. When Jonathan Taylor is in there, they don't have a satellite back that's commanding a lot of targets. There's no Naheem Hines. This tells me targets will be funneling out to Pittman and Campbell. And Pierce could have another boom week or two, but you'll never know when. So forget that. Campbell, though, Campbell is going to have targets funneled to him, and he's going to be able to use that explosiveness to deliver big plays. So I'm excited. I love to put a big, hairy spike week receiver in my flex. And that just happens to be Paris Campbell slightly more probable for a spike week than Christian Watson. And I talked to Patrick Murphy, one of the best fantasy gamers in the world. People pay him thousands of dollars for his advice, and he agreed. He agreed. In, in fact, wait, did I just? Did I, I think I? I think I just pulled a father right there. I think that was his idea. I think I agreed, but in my head, in my head, I and I thought it was. I assumed it was my idea. And I'm like, wait, no, no, no. Patrick is like a genius. It was probably his idea. I'd have to go back to the tape. I don't remember, but now I'm worried that it wasn't actually my idea. It was Patrick's idea. In any case, (laughs) even if it was his idea, I agreed. His logic was sound. And then the next guy on the list is Nico Collins. And this guy's posting 10-plus fantasy points with a healthy target share in all the games where he's getting a 70% snap share. He had a game a few weeks ago where it dipped under 50%. Just wasn't right. The game conditions were bad. Throw that game out. When he's getting his, you know, customary seventy percent snap share, he's giving you ten plus fantasy points every week. And there's there's a lot of garbage time coming in Houston. And this week they get the Commanders. It's just it's the perfect week to play Nico. I would still play Campbell over Nico, but these are the two guys I'm really excited to stream this week: Nico Collins, Paris Campbell. And always, always and forever, Donovan Peoples-Jones, right? And then I I can hear it in the chat. I'm not looking at the chat. I'm trying to stay as locked in as I possibly can. I can hear it. I can hear the calls for uh, Van Jefferson. And with Van Jefferson, I would say, right? Mm. Yeah, he he had his opportunity. He had his moment last week, uh, as did Ben Skoranek. But Ben Skaronik did something that Van Jefferson didn't. Ben Skaronik commanded the most wide receiver targets in the game for the Rams. And he is that sneaky post-cup injury ad. He should sneak in and play more slot than Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson has wheels. You want to play Van Jefferson at Z. He's a traditional Z receiver. He's the perfect Z receiver. He's great on double moves, and he has speed. That's what you want. But he's not a... Target commander, right? Skoronic has been the one commanding the targets. So if it were me, I would add Skoronic over Jefferson. But if you wanted to add both of them, and you're thinking about game theory, Jefferson will go for more fab because Skaronic didn't catch any of those targets for whatever reason. So you'd have to bid more to get Jefferson. So on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash podfather, I give you all of the bids for all of these players by percentage of your fab budget and i have jefferson getting twice exactly twice the fab guidance of skoronic but that's if you want to it's if you want to get these guys if you want to get them you're gonna have to pay a a fab price in line with demand and and but also reasonable that's van jefferson you know say eight percent of the budget Whereas Skoranek, you'd only need to put, you know, at most 4%. I mean, no one in your league is going to bid 5% on Skoranek. That's the logic. I'm bidding 5% on Wandale Robinson. I'm a believer in Wandale Robinson. He was efficient again. He is Rondale moore light. If you like what you're getting from Rondale Moore, and you're welcome having him at the the top of our waiver wire uh, guidance and advice for weeks, Wandale Robinson's next. And with a lot of these guys, like Peoples-Jones, Like Rondale Moore, it was multiple weeks. We had to work through down weeks, dud weeks, before the big breakouts started to happen. The spike weeks started to be delivered. Sometimes it was multiple weeks. You had to believe in the process, believe in the underlying peripheral metrics. That's what I'm asking you to do with Wandale Robinson. It was the first time last week that he led his team in route participation. That's a big deal for a rookie. But I also like Darius Slayton because they're facing Detroit! So stream both of them at will, of course. I would stream them over Terrace Marshall. I like Terrace Marshall. The upside is appealing, but he's a matchup-dependent number two receiver. You look at this game total, right? You look at the implied points. No one's supposed to get fewer points, score fewer points than the Panthers this week. So some of those points are going to have to go to Foreman, and some of them are going to have to go to DJ Moore. And when you actually shake it out like that, when you think about how many implied points, how many, how many points does Vegas think? The Panthers are going to score. Okay, these go to Moore. These go to Foreman. Okay, These are left for players like Terrace Marshall. He's not a recommended start against Baltimore. It's hard to imagine him breaking out, especially with Baltimore coming off a bye. It's just, it's not quite there. I mean, he's had weeks that were productive. He just hasn't had the big spike week yet. It's probably a week or two away. And it's just not a great team situation for him same with Traylon Burks it's a run first team and Nick Westbrook is doing a great Traylon Burks impression don't you think I mean Nick Westbrook Akine has a physical profile that is strikingly similar to Traylon Burks similar 40 time similar speed score just he wasn't the the producer at Indiana that Traylon Burks was at Arkansas but he's also much more polished He's 25 years old. So what Burks lacks in polish, Westbrook has with similar athleticism. I think Westbrook's a problem for Burks. I'm not excited about Burks. He looks like a bust. So if you look up and there's one receiver from this class in the first round that busted, it's probably Burks. Just saying. Just saying. It's going to be multiple receivers. Jamison Williams, Jahan Dotson. These are all bust candidates. I'm not even going to say another name. There's another name. I'm not going to say it. Drafted in the first round. Has been disappointing week over, week over. I'm not going to say the name. not going to say it. Drake London, I said it. Oh! He better have a week soon. He better have a week soon. He's already been passed by George Pickens in the Dynasty Rankings. Check out the Dynasty Rankings on Player Profiler. Eek! Right? Oh, God! This is a problem! Oh, boy. So, what I love about Underdog is that there's always... Drafts happening, like so. Right now, they have playoff best ball. Right, they remember they had the the, the resurrection that started in week week six, and then soon after, they have the playoff best ball. So we talk about the teams and how the teams are doing the team level analysis on shows like the decision point. So then you know, okay, these teams are likely playoff teams, and then you can think about. Who's going to get a first round buy? And, and, and is it a fraudulent first round by like Tennessee last year? And is the team that that will likely go to the Super Bowl? Is it possible they actually don't get the first round by like the Bills? And, and so maybe you might want to focus on Bills. That would be a strategy for the underdog playoff best ball tournament. So there, it's on right now. Go to Underdog Fantasy. Promo code Underworld. You get... To double your deposit up to hundred dollars, promo code Underworld. Double your deposit, Underdog Fantasy, and you can draft. Like you can draft best ball teams all year round, playoff best ball on Underdog. I love it. Another player that will likely be drafted on Underdog in their playoff best ball tournament. I bring this all up. Underdog's like the, been the best sponsor to us ever, but it's irrelevant addition to the show is to say that if you're on this tournament, Justin Watson is interesting. So there's no guarantee that the Chiefs are going to get the first round by. It could be the Bills. We don't know. If the Chiefs are playing in the first round, you want Chiefs. They're going to maximize their fantasy points because it's going to be between the Chiefs and the Bills who becomes the the, um, Super Bowl contender from the AFC. And Juju Smith-Schuster has a concussion. If Juju can't go, it's going to be Justin Watson that steps into that volume slot role. Because Kadarius Toney and Nicole Hardman play the same position. They play that gadget Z, and you've got MVS in the traditional Z role. They don't have an X. When they do play an X receiver, it's usually someone playing out of position, or it's Kelsey. And Justin Watson is a fun, intriguing streaming option this week. I would stream him over a bunch of the receivers I talked about if Juju misses. So you pick him up now, and then if Juju's playing, you drop him and you go and you pick up Wandale Robinson, right? You go, you drop him, pick up Terrace Marshall, whatever. You pick up you at the very least you pick up Khalil Shakir, who you know, just because, right? Unless the Bills have a bye this week. And they don't. So anytime the Bills don't have a buy, I just pick up and stash Shakir just in case. Because if there's an injury to Gabriel Davis, Shakir is going to be a monster. He's the direct backup. It wouldn't like shift over to McKinsey. No, that role wouldn't shift to McKinsey. Don't forget about Mac Collins. Renfro is on IR. Waller is on the Keenan Allen hamstring plan. And there's going to be defenses that stack up and bracket Devontae Adams. They stack him up the line of scrimmage and the next and then there's waves of defenders, waves of defenders where he's just he's he's completely boxed out of the play. They're gonna box out Devontae Adams. Teams are gonna do it. And when that happens, Mack Hollins is gonna go off, especially in garbage time. There's gonna be some garbage time Mack Hollins. And I believe Mack makes a garbage truck. Is that right? Do I have that right? Does the does the truck brand Mac make a garbage truck? Look that up. They, they might. That's a possible thing. So, yes. So, Matt Collins, not to be forgotten about. I mean, they played a team that let Devontae Adams beat them or try to beat them. But there are going to be teams that, that say, no, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to let anyone but uh, Devontae Adams beat us. The Colts said, we'll let Devontae Adams beat us. And then it didn't happen. Right. The Colts won. Good for them. But that's not every week. Right. So let's see. Let's see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. I think uh, probably like eh, one in every three weeks. Right. 33 percent of weeks. You're going to you're going to get good production out of Hollins. And if he can give you 90 yards and two touchdowns in some of those weeks, it's worth it to flex him. So he's a sneaky ad. I love that Hollins and Skronic and Wandale Robinson gave you nothing last week. And Justin Watson, for that matter. I love they all, all gave you no, nothing, gave us nothing. And and we talk so often about those types of receivers on this show because they're the underlying peripherals or their metrics or their situation begs for more usage and a reversion to the mean. And that's what we're seeing with a lot of these guys. Odell Beckham is going to find a team soon. Stash Odell Beckham. Tight end streamers, Foster Moreau. We go right back to Foster Moreau. Why? He's an athletic tight end. And the law of the conservation of targets with no Waller and no Renfro. Fantasy football doesn't have to be hard. So we go back to Foster Moreau as our number one streaming option. Again, same exact plan worked with Moreau. where You start him and he gave you like three for 40 and it wasn't exciting. You're like, ah, bummer. Right, didn't get anything from Moreau this week. Going to drop him. Right, that's not how you stream. You trust the process with a player like Moreau. You go back to him, and then you get the touchdown. That's how it works. Jawan Johnson, same thing. Oh, whoa, Troutman's back. No, he finally banished the ghost of Adam Troutman. Jawan Johnson was the leading receiver for the Saints. So he's a and he's athletic. He's a former receiver. I love that. And Isaiah Likely, even if Andrews plays. Due to the law of the conservation of targets that there's no receivers left in Baltimore, likely is going to have an opportunity to make plays down the seam. QB streamers. The worst week for QB streaming I've ever seen. Marcus Mariota is always an option, and that's not exciting because he's not good. Kenny Pickett is more exciting, but this Bengals matchup is not. But the fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks by the Bengals is based on their secondary, especially in, through the first six weeks, Chidobe Awuze and, and, and some quality cornerback play, well, their secondary's been ravaged by injury. This is not the same Bengals' defense. So Kenny Pickett's interesting. I'm going, I'm going to follow the process and go back to Kenny Pickett. He's, he's very much like a Foster Moreau in that we like the mobility, we like the weapons, this is a sneaky shootout. I saw the point total is low, too low, so I like taking the over in that game, and if you can't get Mar- Mariota, you can't get Pickett, then you just take take the Washington quarterback, Wentz or Heineke, I mean, psh, uh, Houston, oh, psh, uh, we have no corners, psh. it's a problem, the corners are a problem in Houston, so... You could play a Washington. They have great weapons, right? They have McLaurin and now Dotson's back and, and Samuel and the tight ends are healthy. So this is as healthy as the Washington receiving core has been all year. And then they face Houston. So if there was ever an opportunity to play Wentz or Heineke, it would be this week. And that's all I got. Anytime the Bills don't have a bye, I just pick up and stash Shakir just in case. Because if there's an injury to Gabriel Davis, Shakir is going to be a monster. Eventually, they're going to have to pull that ripcord. Remember this whole conversation about Christian Watts? Ow! Oh! There's another name. I'm not going to say it. Drafted in the first round, has been disappointing week over week over. I'm not going to say the name. I'm not going to say it. Drake London. I said it. Oh! He better have a week soon. Patrick Murphy, one of the best fantasy gamers in the world, people pay him thousands of dollars for his advice, and he agreed. He agreed. In, in fact, wait, did I just? Did I, I think I, I think I just pulled a podfather right there. I think that was his idea. I think I agreed, but in my head, in my head, I, and I thought it was. I assumed it was my idea. I'm like, wait, no, no, no. Patrick is like a genius. It was probably his idea. I'd have to go back to the tape. I don't remember, but now I'm worried that it wasn't actually my idea. It was Patrick's idea. In any case. Psh, uh, Houston. Oh, psh, uh, we have no corners. Psh We're just playing the hits.